Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan Mack Wilds, one third of Guys Next Door. And if you are hearing my voice, maybe you should be listening to Guys Next Door. If you ever wanted to get into the mindset of the young black millennial man, all of the things that we go through, love, sex, relationships, financials, technology, mental health, and everything that lies in between, this show is for you. Now, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know you guys are probably listening to a really, really nice podcast, but make sure you guys go subscribe right now to Guys Next Door, and we'll see you guys in the neighborhood. Peace. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Is it sad that you can go a whole weekend without anyone knowing that you're dead? Even when you're surrounded by people that supposedly know you. Find out the answers to this and many more questions. Because it's time for Over Your Eyes podcast. Weekend at Bernie's. Starring Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. From 1989. Hello, Holly. Hi, Sarah. I just celebrated uh, Labor Day weekend, which is funny because this movie is set over Labor Day weekend. Did you realize that when you it? No, I did not. (laughs) Isn't that weird? I know. I thought that too. (laughs) And it's really hot. There's heat waves just like in this movie. Anyway, yes. So Weekend at Bernie's 1989. It's got your... 80s crush, Andrew McCarthy. Absolutely. One of them, I I liked Jonathan Silverman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a Jonathan Silverman girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say. But I understand that. To each their own. I look at his face and I think, why do I like your face so much? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Andrew McCarthy, too. That's how I feel about Andrew McCarthy. Oh, were you talking about Andrew or John? Yeah. <laughs> no. I know. And Andrew has like crooked teeth. And then I'm just like, good for you. Mm-hmm. You killed it at life. He's great. Questionable face and crooked teeth. But you're adorable. You pull it off. Look at those eyes. Look at those eyes. We've talked about him. His eyes, I still go back and forth on it. Sometimes they just look too wild. He looks like wild-eyed and unpredictable a lot of the times. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the appeal. But it's like his face looks serene, but then his eyes are like, you never know what's really going on there. Exactly. Oh. Mm-hmm. He just summed it up. Yeah. I don't even know like where to begin. Like. This movie just has such a reputation of being so well-known, but so ridiculous. (laughs) But it's like, it's a joke Mm -hmm. without it being funny. So you don't think this movie is funny? I didn't think that it was. But then when I was watching it this time, I was like, I kind of am laughing at the beginning. Mm -hmm. More just like some of the things before the hijinks ensued. So I have some logistical questions. Okay. 
How long trigger trigger warning about Are dead bodies? Ask, like, a decomposition question. I am gonna ask a decomp question. Mm-hmm. How long is it before a body hits rigor mortis and also starts to smell? Mm. That's a good question. I don't remember. I think rigor mortis doesn't take long. Like it will set in within 24 hours. And I think you'll start smelling pretty soon too within like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on your conditions. He was in air conditioning a lot of the time and had that fresh sea air. And I think the salt air and the salt water helps like preserve you more like salted pork, you know? Oh, so good like, point. That might help. <laughs> Plus, he drank, like, a lot, so he's kind of, like, pickled and preserved. That's a good point. Okay, thank you. Now we can continue, and (laughs) I won't be obsessed with that anymore. Larry is Andrew McCarthy, and Rich is Jonathan Silverman. Larry is sassy, Mm -hmm. and Jonathan Silverman is, like, the straight man. Mm -hmm. And they're working over the weekend. It's hot as hell in New York City. The roof is melting. So all of their stuff, including their boombox, is sticking to the roof. Rich notices a discrepancy in the books because they're doing accounting work. And he's like, we got to go. We got to go tell the big boss. Bernie. So they go and they tell Bernie about it. And then Bernie, you can kind of tell that he's like, shit. They figured it out. <laughs> so he's like, hey guys, I'll tell you what. You come this weekend to the island. We're going to party. We'll figure this discrepancy out. <laughs> Then he go, Then Bernie goes to dinner with these mob guys. He, Bernie says, I need you to off these two guys. While the mob boss's girlfriend has her foot in Bernie's crotch under the table. And I thought, this is something that happened a lot in the 80s. This like foot to the grind molestation power play Mm -hmm. in movies. Have you ever done that to anyone? I don't think so. (laughs) It does happen a lot in movies. And that will be a good question to ask. Ooh. (laughs) Because it's like, how often is this going on? We've seen it in several movies so far. I don't know. I haven't had that. I definitely don't want that. Like, especially if I were wearing a skirt or something, I would just be like, please do not get your feet near there. You know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that it's a the foot to the crotch under the dinner table while there's other people present at dinner is mm-hmm. a real power move. And it's banking on the idea that you won't react out loud 
because you don't want to upset the table Mm -hmm. in a way that is it seems like it's used in these movies with women to show a certain level of aggression Mm -hmm. in their character yeah and that's the case here with the mobster's girlfriend she is so obvious that she's having an affair with Bernie. Also, she was wearing cuffs, these like silk organza cuffs that were not attached to anything. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> did you notice that? I did. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of unique. I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> It's like the lace gloves kind of ruffle thing, but without the actual glove. It's like a dicky for your arm. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I kind of like it now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's a bold fashion statement. Well, she's a bold woman. That is true. She's not afraid of her, her mobster boyfriend at all. Mm-hmm. And... Bernie freaks out and he leaves because Vito, the mob guy, is like, look, we don't do that anymore, Bernie. We're a legitimate corporation. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about how we were just talking about the Italian job and how the mob was run like a corporation. It's true. You were (laughs) talking about that. (laughs) And he's like saying it. We find out that Bernie is actually getting set up because Vito knows that Bernie's having sex with his woman. Interesting aside, the woman in question gets mad when she thinks that Bernie's cheating on her. Yes, of course. But she has a boyfriend who's like the mob boss. Yes. But it's different. (laughs) (laughs) It's just different. (laughs) That's another like big power move. You're right. Who is more powerful, her or the mob boss? Mm. Well, the mob boss is killing guys over her. Mm -hmm. But keeping her. So, yeah, she wins. (laughs) except she has to live with herself (laughs) yeah and something else we'll talk about later yeah yeah yeah, so then the tables turn on his hit that he's called out against larry richard meanwhile larry and richard are grappling with rich's crush on gwen the intern Who's mm-hmm. leaving soon because she's an intern in college. And so it's like, you know, you have to get, you only have like, Rich is running out of time. Yeah. And Can so he. Please? Oh, okay. So <laughs> Richard is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good one. He goes up to Gwen and he says, my aunt is very sick. <laughs> That's the first thing he says to her. Yes. 
That part made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's been like a long time. And then he finally works up the courage to talk to her because Andrew McCarthy, Larry is like harassing him into it. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he's like, hello, Gwen. And then she turns and's like, hello. And he just stares blankly and freezes. And then he says that. And it's so funny. It's like, makes no sense. It came out of nowhere. And then he just like stares at her and walks away. And he doesn't have an aunt. I don't even have an aunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I did find that funny. <laughs> Gwen and Richard go on a date. He takes her back to his place. His apartment is sweet. It's like. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. It's just basically like a mid-century modern preservation society (laughs) designed their living room. It's so great. And the kitchen, all of it. It's just like never been touched since the 60s, early 50s. And. Then she's really impressed. Like, I was wondering how they were going to play it. I was going to make, I was wondering if they were going to make it like that the apartment was like crappy because it looked old. But then he's like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to redecorate. She's like, no, it's great. It's like really hip or something. Mm -hmm. So even then, like mid century modern was still cool. At that point, it wasn't even as old, but it's just so classic. But then we find out that it's actually not his apartment. (laughs) <laughs> it's his parents because he still lives with them, but he's too embarrassed to tell her. And he told her that his parents died. Mm-hmm. So he's lied about all his family. His aunt <laughs> is sick. His parents have died. <laughs> I was like, none of this is true. Yeah. This guy has some serious family issues he's not addressing. <laughs> Then a guy comes walking out in his underwear and gets something out of the refrigerator to drink. Richard pushes it a little too far when he tells him, he tells his dad to lay out a suit Mm -hmm. because Richard tells Gwen that his dad is the butler. (laughs) Thus far, we have a guy who's told you that his fake aunt is sick. His live parents are dead. And that he has a butler. This is all within like 24 hours. <laughs> so many lies. So she's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her. I'm I'm on her side for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can kind of, you know, let it pass that he would lie about living at his parents, like just trying to take her back to that apartment because mm-hmm. he was embarrassed. But then... Once you like lie that your parents are dead, it's like, and he said they died in a plane, a train accident. And then she's like, I thought planes would be more dangerous. And he was like, actually a plane fell on the train. And then she's like, oh, and then she starts making out with him, like sympathy make out or something. Exactly. (laughs) And that makes it even worse. (laughs) Then it's like, well, obviously you don't have – you're basically telling her that you don't have any intentions of getting serious with her because if you're telling her that your parents are dead, how are you going to explain that later if you ever want her to beat them or get married? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it just sounds like I want to get in your pants before you go back to college. Exactly. Which is fine, but be honest about it. I didn't like Richard because of this scene. 
Mm-hmm. And I remembered like the whole movie being like, oh, I kind of don't like him. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Even though Larry is like outwardly kind of boorish. Mm-hmm. And he, but he's so dorky that it's kind of not serious. <clears throat> I don't know. Larry is an interesting character because like at one point, him and Rich are walking down the street and there's a mugger who jumps out and Larry just pushes him out of the way. <laughs> Get your ass out of here. It's too hot. <laughs> and he just pushes him out of the way and he's got like a knife or something. Mm-hmm. So Larry ha- doesn't really have fear of, of the outside world the way Richard does like Richard's more prone to anxiety Mm -hmm. and this comes into play a lot because it makes it to where Larry seems more clear headed when they get to the Island and they go to Bernie's house Mm -hmm. and they find that Bernie has died peacefully and that there's a syringe and like heroin in his pocket Richard is freaking out and Larry's like now wait a second here Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's think about this to our advantage aren't you sick of getting taken advantage of Mm -hmm. like why can't we cut a break that was (laughs) I love that part because yes they got invited out there like supposedly as the reward for finding the accounting error but really like you said it was to get the setup for them to get murdered and but they were really looking forward to partying with all these rich people and finally like living the good life and they get there and they find him in the chair they think that he's just like party too much and they're like whoa it's not even dark out and he's already wasted (laughs) and they're like let's get you some coffee and they drag him over to the couch and they still don't realize that he's dead because he's pretty fresh at that point and he has like a smile on his face Mm -hmm. because he died like while being injected with a bunch of drugs um And then when they realize he's dead, then Larry's like, why does this always happen to me? Why do things like this always happen to me? (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) There are so many people like that that can just have the art of making everything about themselves. And he's like, we were supposed to have a fun weekend and now he's ruined it. And Mm -hmm. he promised us a ride back to the city. Now how am I going to get home? I know. (laughs) It's so terrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, it's the 80s (laughs) generation. Hey, that's funny because that that sums up. I have a sums up the 80s quote, Mm. which is when. So when Bernie uh, is going to his boat. He throws money at the dot guy and says, buy yourself a girlfriend. (laughs) And I thought that sums up the 80s. (laughs) But you know, what's interesting is that by the end of this movie, they're dragging because like, okay, so Rich is interested in doing the right thing. And like he's got ethical concerns about the accounting 
And that's his primary concern going into this. Larry wants to party. Mm -hmm. And Larry is continuously impressed by all of the accoutrement of wealth that Bernie has. And there's, he keeps being like, oh, you know, he's so great. Like he has a boat and he's got fancy booze and he's got these like girls coming in borrowing his boat and he's got all of this stuff i want to be just like bernie really when i grow up that's kind of where larry's attitude is but by the end of the movie larry's appalled by everything that was in bernie's life he's like now dragging around this dead corporate horse and it's like the end it's 1989 these guys these working stiffs that are trying so hard to get up the corporate ladder discover that the ladder is rigged Mm -hmm. and the only way they can survive is to abandon their ethics and drag this literal dead weight around for safety. Mm-hmm. But also, it's just a stupid movie. <laughs> I would say primarily it's just a really stupid movie. Oh, it's good. You found like a message in there. The corporate corpse. Yeah. They could have called this movie Working Stiffs. Ooh. <laughs> he never got stiff. Wait, <laughs> except we'll talk about that later. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. So, Bernie never gets rigor mortis mm-hmm. all weekend long. This goes on for like three days where they're dragging him around. So by the second day, Larry is like, you know what? It's cool. I'm going to rig him up so that it looks like he's waving to people walking by on the beach. And I'm also going to whip his ass at Monopoly. Mm -hmm. So Larry is playing Monopoly with his dead boss, having his dead boss wave at people on the beach. They turn Bernie into a puppet. We kind of have to talk about the the girlfriend part, I guess. Yeah, so well, there was a hitman that was waiting for Bernie, and then he injected him with the heroin and then placed the syringe and the heroin in his coat pocket to make it look like he overdosed. That was the plan. And um, he left yeah. the island. But mm-hmm. Vito had sent another guy to follow his girlfriend. So his girlfriend appears on the island so we know that she had already told Vito she was going to visit her family or something for the weekend because she had planned to spend the weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh, but then he kind of squashed that plan. But she shows up anyway. So she takes the ferry all the way to his house just to have sex. That's extreme. I feel like. Well, her character is... It's like they gave her... The personality of a mobster dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she's just going, she's just going to get laid. Yeah. Like she's horny. That's all she fucking cares about. Mm -hmm. 
just good for her. I just feel like she needs to have someone like on land, you know, on the mainland too. That could be more convenient if that's what you, if that's all you want. But there's something about Bernie that she just can't get enough of. So she ferries her ass over there. She's drunk. And then she is like, Bernie, I know you're cheating on me. And then she comes in and she's expecting to find him like cheating on her. And then she sees Larry and Richard and she's like, where is he? I'm going to kill him. And they're like, he's not here. And then she's like, I'm going to tear this house apart. And then she comes out with a knife and she's like, I'm going to find him in the bedroom and he better be alone. And then she goes into the bedroom and we see her take off her like trench coat. She's wearing like a sexy outfit. And then she's up there for apparently 30 minutes and she is having sex with him with bernie who's dead with dead bernie i mean i don't know of like maybe that was the first place rigor mortis started uh (laughs) and so it worked out and like while she's doing it there's all these big windows and so the other mob guy that had followed her can see her go into the room and he hears all the noises and he's like calls Vito and he's like Bernie's not dead because um she just had sex with him for like 30 minutes yeah and then Larry and Richard are downstairs and they're like what is she doing up there and then she comes down and she's all like scatting like (laughs) she's all like smoking and she asked for a scotch and she's super satisfied (laughs) and they're like what happened how did this happen and then they eventually laugh about it but I'm like okay so there's necrophilia as like a joke. I don't think I've ever seen that in any other movie. Have it, you? <laughs> I haven't. And then she said, they're like, how's Bernie? And she's like, better than ever. <laughs> He's like, better. He's dead. See, that's the punchline. <laughs> that's how much this guy sucks. See, I actually think the whole punchline of this movie is that Bernie sucks. He sucks so bad as a person mm-hmm. that his girlfriend doesn't know he's dead when she's having sex with him. And everybody that he hangs out with, all of his friends, don't know he's dead either because he's such a fucking bore. Because mm-hmm. all he cares about is money. Right. Yeah. I think that's a theme. When Vito's girlfriend says better than ever... Mm-hmm. That Bernie was better than ever. I feel like that's the joke. Like, if she hadn't said that, it wouldn't have been funny. It just would have been awkward. But because mm-hmm. she said that, it, like, made the joke on Bernie and not on her. Yeah. Because I feel like you could, because that that scene could have been played in a very misogynistic way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel like it was. I felt like it was making fun of Bernie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, we're making fun of a dead guy, but he's a dead guy that steals money from an insurance company. So probably from people that needed the money mm-hmm. that were paying into the insurance company. Oh, he made the money by filing like extra life insurance claims. So by like pretending to be dead. Yeah. And now look at him. (laughs) Pretending that he's dead. Exactly. Okay. That's karma. It's like just desserts. Mm -hmm. 
to this greedy corporate pig. <laughs> There's someone that Bernie reminds me of, and I could not figure it out. He kept reminding me of someone. Do you have it in mind? No, but I know what you're talking about because I had the same feeling. Yeah. Like, who is he reminding me of? And I couldn't figure it out either. I know. It's someone who's, like, pretty well-known, I feel like, like a pretty common face Mm -hmm. actor. For a minute, I thought, like, George Clooney. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like, 80s George Clooney. (laughs) You think very highly. (laughs) Just, like, his mannerisms, not, like, his (laughs) looks. (laughs) Bernie's hot as hell. Okay, but can we do a reboot of Weekend at Bernie's where George Clooney plays Bernie? <laughs> he might do it. He's got a great <laughs> humor. <laughs> and then, okay, so while I'm talking about people who remind me of people, I've already said that Andrew McCarthy, I think, is like pre-Chandler kind of. There's some Chandler-esqueness about him. I Who's feel like Chandler? Oh, from Friends. What? There's something like sometimes in his motions and the way he answers things. I think he kind of reminds me of Chandler or like his facial expressions. Huh. Which one's Chandler? Could you be? <laughs> I can't do it. I know which one's Joey. Joey is the... Perry. He's the one that's like, could you be any more clueless <laughs> about who Chandler is? <laughs> He's the like snarky one. Like Ross is the nerd, Joey's the okay, dumb, okay, snarky, okay. Um, and then okay, Jonathan Silverman reminds me of Michael Sarah from Arrested Development. Not the looks, but like the way they talk. <laughs> <laughs> wow! If you just like listen to his voice and watch his mannerisms, mm-hmm. it's very like huh. like Michael Sarah watched some Jonathan Silverman when he was I growing see. up, right? You know what I mean. Yeah, like like he think about it next time and you'll see. Okay. Okay. Will there be a next time? Uh the next time you see Michael Sarah or the next time you see Jonathan Silverman, there will be a next time. Cause someday we're gonna do girls just wanna have fun and he's in it as like a little baby Jonathan Silverman. And that's uh, probably why I like him. Okay. He's actually like kind of an an asshole in that maybe. I feel like r- rich is like the guy you really need to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Not Larry. I can see that too. Like watching it as an adult, it's like red flags mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> and Larry's like upfront about his flaws and if they're even flaws. Like Larry's just upfront and that's yeah. fine. Larry's like, hey man, uh, I want to get laid. I'm on vacation. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of ladies around. At one point, Larry goes up to this lady. <laughs> this is and, my favorite. <laughs> this is my quote. And he says, Oh, do you want to say it then? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's the party, and there's this woman <laughs> who looks probably like, you know, I'd say almost like middle age. She's not like one of the like teens Mm-mm. or young women in a bikini. She's just like she's hot and chilling out. Yeah. She looks like fully dressed, just like confident and cool with herself. And then Larry spots her from across the room and he was like, Yeah, I'm interested in her, which is cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I liked that. 
And then she goes and sits down next to her. She's smoking. And so he pulls out a cigarette and he's like, hi, I'm Larry. And she's like, fuck off, Larry. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then he leaves. <laughs> it was so great. See, that's what I like Larry too, because he's like, he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> I can read the room. <laughs> I feel like Richard might have like tried to convince her that he was a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. He would be like, Oh, I can't believe you're talking to me this way after my dog just died. Like, <laughs> some story to get her to stick around. Exactly. And then he's like, you want to come up to my bedroom and look at pictures of my dog that just passed away. And then he tried to like get her in bed. That's Richard. <laughs> there, there's more to Richard than meets the eye. Like, I feel like it will come out later. He lies very easily. Too easily. They're not good, but he does it easily. <laughs> it's his instinct. If your instinct when you get anxious is to lie, that's a really bad habit, whether you mean it or not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like whether your intention is that it's malicious or not, or if you're like, I can't help it. He's kind of yeah. like, I can't help it. The lies just fly out of my mouth mm-hmm. to the person that I love. But then he flies down the stairs of the lighthouse. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when he's on a date with Gwen, because of course Gwen's at the beach. Yeah, because her parents are rich and they have a place in the Hamptons, too. Which he probably wants her even more than that, and he knows that. Um, Yeah, so they go on their date. So that's one of the reasons that they don't call, because, like, when they find Bernie dead, then all of a sudden, while they're trying to figure out what to do, the party, like, the roaming party that makes its way up and down the beach comes to Bernie's, because they say it always ends up at Bernie's. And then, so they're like, oh, God, what do we do now? All these people are here, and then they realize no one can even tell he's dead, because everyone's talking to him and partying with him, and they think it's fine. And so Larry's like, let's just do this for, like, a little bit longer. And Richard's like, okay. But then they finally get to the point where they are going to call the police. But then Richard sees Gwen and he's like, wait, now I can't call the police because I have to try to like work this to my advantage to get Gwen. So the lies continue. It's nothing. It's a relationship built on a house of lies. It's not something I would be comfortable with. No. It's just like the whole weekend is just like deception, deception. So... He's like, oh, okay, well, let's move Larry or let's move Bernie so I can like <laughs> Gwen for a while and she doesn't find out. And then they go to the lighthouse, like you said, and then they're going to make out on the beach. And then suddenly <laughs> Bernie had fallen over the balcony before they left. And then suddenly Bernie like washes up next to them on shore. And so Richard's like, oh. And he can't let Gwen see. So then he stops making out with her and is like, we got to get you home. You're going to get a cold. And so lies, 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 lies. And then there's more lies. (laughs) He lies the whole time. Yeah. I mean, to her a lot. Meanwhile, the mob hitman 
thinks he's going nuts. <laughs> but then he came back and Bernie attacked the hitman because mm-hmm. he fell and attacked him. And then another time he need him in the nuts. Yeah. Every time Polly sees Bernie, Bernie does something accidentally, obviously, because he's a corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, that convinces Polly that he's like fighting or defending himself or you know and then he shoots him over and over again and at one point they discover after Bernie gets washed at sea and they have to drag him back up to the house they wash him off and like vacuum him and stuff and they realize that he has a hairpiece, so he's wearing a toupee So then they staple it onto his head. I know. And I thought, in this moment, I'm watching a movie where two guys are stapling a toupee onto a dead man's head. And it reminded me of Scrooged. Yeah. When Bill Murray was like, wanted to staple the antlers on the mice. That's exactly what I thought of, too. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) yes that's a great scene you know who was originally supposed to play bernie (laughs) (laughs) bill murray (laughs) it was actually called weekend at bill murray (laughs) then he declined (laughs) to be in scrooged So it's like the next day and they had to clean him off again. And then they were like, okay, we really got to like call the cops. Like we can't (laughs) keep doing this. He's a dead body. (laughs) And then to prolong it in the script, the guys find Larry and Rich find the letter that Bernie wrote that he put in a suitcase with a hundred thousand dollars where they were like in a state, I guess he was going to stage an accident and that was going to be left there as evidence Mm -hmm. and to kill Larry and Rich. So then they hear the tape, I guess Bernie taped the conversation that he had with uh, the hitman earlier. And he Mm -hmm. was like, don't off these guys while I'm there, make sure I'm not around. And so Larry and Rich are like, well, now we really have to keep Bernie around because mm-hmm. these this hitman's out to get us. Because they don't know, they just think Bernie overdosed. They don't realize that it was a hit. Right. That Bernie was murdered. It keeps the Bernie there longer mm-hmm. with them. It gives them an excuse to keep Bernie around because now they're in panic mode and they think that they're just being hunted Mm -hmm. when in reality, yeah, the hitman is there, but he's actually still hunting Bernie because he thinks that Bernie's like a vampire or something. So, (laughs) right. More vampires. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. Because then they could be worried that once Because then if they call the police and it's found out Bernie's dead, then they're just like targets. Even when they get back to the mainland, then they would never be 
sure when the hitman was going to come for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to figure out how to leave Bernie to be found dead so that they aren't involved or around because they don't want to get questioned by the cops either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame them at this point. There would be lots of questions by this point. Uh, the first and foremost, in my mind, as a detective, would be why does he have a toupee stapled to his head? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know this happened post mortem. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I guess. I guess they. I guess Larry and Rich could say that whenever uh, Vito's girlfriend came over that she stapled it back on mm-hmm. or something. I guess they could blame everything on her. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> After she, you know, had her time with the dead body, he stapled his hair back on. Yikes. He was, Bernie was going to make it look like a murder suicide. Yes. Of the two. And then they find the note. And then Larry reads it and it's like written from Larry's point of view. Um, and it says something like, oh, I, I was stealing this money to pay for my sex change operation and Richard doesn't love me. And if I can't have him, no one can or something like that. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Larry's like, man, why does he have to make up stuff about us? It's bad enough. He was going to kill us, but now he like, Making up lies about us and putting them in a romantic relationship, which they're just friends. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, well, why do I have to be the drag queen? Mm-hmm. And I which thought. like, that's not what drag queens are, but. <laughs> it's not, but it's also, I thought it was better than using the word transvestite. Listen, I know. Or like other that- words <laughs> that never sound like they're coming from an okay place <laughs> when they're said. In the bathroom, like listening while I was taking off my nail polish. And I like when it got to that point, I like looked at myself in the mirror and made a face like, what is he gonna say? And then he said drag queen. I was like, okay, that's acceptable. Misguided, but that was extremely gentle in 1989. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, they could have just like made it a different thing. So part of the joke was that, like, oh ha ha, he was gonna make you look like you wanted to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Like that isn't one of the bravest fucking things you could ever do as a human being. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they could have made that feel very hateful. Mm-hmm. So all things considered, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. True. <laughs> very true. Yeah. So all that's happening. And then at some point, Richard does tell Gwen that Bernie's dead. But then for some reason, then they like have to keep him around and then they take him out on the boat and everyone sees him out on the boat. Apparently he like falls partially overboard at some point. It's just like banging against metal buoys or something. And yes. Yeah. And then Gwen sees them dragging his body back in to his house. And she's like, wait a minute. I thought he was dead. Um, so she comes in to confront Richard and is like, hey, Richard, um, you're really scary at this point. <laughs> Extremely. 
you lied to me about our boss being dead and now you're carrying around his body. Um, what's up? And then at that time, then the hitman comes back to like put his final kill and he does some kind of like hex or curse on Bernie because he thinks Bernie's like, and you said a vampire, some kind of magical undead creature at this point. And then after he shoots Bernie, he sees them and he tries to shoot them. And it's like, also, uh, Richard doesn't do anything to try to protect Gwen. Okay. At all. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's your fault that she's in this situation. He just stands there, and then when the gun is empty, then yeah. they just run, and he's like, Gwen, run. And I'm like, uh-huh. you're failing left and right. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> he's like the worst beach date ever. <laughs> totally. He can't even stay in a lighthouse properly. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, Gwen and Richard escape upstairs or something, and then... Uh, Larry ends up being able to kind of hog tie the hitman mm-hmm. with a telephone cord. Mm-hmm. Um, another okay. benefit of landlines, you know, I, you can't do that these days. No, no. What would you use? They would have all died today because there wouldn't have been a landline to wrap him up with. Yeah, you're right. A whole different ending. And then, so he's wrapped up. Then they come down, and um, they've already called the police at that point. Right. But it's like taking forever for them to Mm -hmm. get there. And then like the gardener and like the maintenance man come bursting out of a closet that they'd been locked in. And Gwen's like, what the hell is going on here? Could you imagine if you were approached by some guy (laughs) at work? He tells you his aunt's sick. His parents died in a train accident. Uh, then you find out he actually lives with his parents. He doesn't have an aunt. He's dragging your boss's corpse around <laughs> everywhere. He fell through a lighthouse, trapdoor, and mm-hmm. he doesn't even bother to push you out of the way when somebody's firing a gun. And there are two men locked in a closet. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot to overcome. First impressions. Yeah. A good test is if you find that Richard's behavior is acceptable <laughs> for dating, <laughs> please get therapy. <laughs> you have some severe boundary issues. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. <laughs> like even one of these things should have sent you running forever and it's like compiled. You should never talk to him or look at him again. No. Um just but have a, but have a fling, just have a fling with Larry before you go back to school and then don't worry about it. Exactly. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> and then, like, take pictures and send them to Richard to torture him. Like, what do you get for lying, Richard? <laughs> that concussion you got <laughs> rolling down, like, three flights of stairs wasn't enough. That was actually hilarious. It was. <laughs> the top of the lighthouse. 
And then he's like, how do these things work? And he stares directly at the pole of the lighthouse, which is like brighter than the sun. Like, how stupid are you? And she's like, look out, don't stare at it. And then he's like, I'm blind. <laughs> he oh my falls gosh. down the trap door <laughs> and rolls down all these stairs. It was funny. It was great. Uh, then Polly gets taken off in a straight jacket. Oh, right. Because he's mm-hmm. still insisting that Bernie's alive. And then Bernie rolls off of the cart down the ramp to the beach at which point he lands sitting kind of upright in a way mm-hmm. like he's just lounging about on his side uh right by larry and rich and gwen mm-hmm. and that's and they up and run yeah and then that little boy who i thought you might love comes back <laughs> and is like he's like hey mister can i bury you <laughs> Okay, this is their opening for a weekend at Bernie's part due. And then I'm like, how did they get away with that? And then I thought, do I care enough to watch it? And then I thought, no. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever watch it. Maybe I'll watch the trailer just to get like highlights to remember how did they come up with a plot for this. Right. I don't think I saw it. I don't know. I feel like I did. <laughs> Maybe I did, though. Uh, yeah. I think it came out like 92 or 93 or something. Like, mm-hmm. they waited a while. Um, yeah. So, and that's the end. Yeah. And so the moral of the story is, I don't, don't know. Don't be greedy. Or you'll end up dead. With a toupee staple, do you? <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> so funny. So after all that happens and when everything's wrapping up, then Richard and Gwen walk out hand in hand. And it's like, where did anything get resolved for her that made it okay for her to be holding his hand? He Well, he was like, you don't understand. We had to keep him around because of the hitman. But it's like, okay, that might be true. But then I need to know more. And You've still done a lot of things that make it not yeah. desirable for me to like date you or hold hands with you or stay with your parents. She's like invites him to stay with her parents at their house for the summer. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. She's still in college because she's very young. So I'll give her some leeway. But yeah. well, yeah. I think like one thinks that Rich is attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's already attracted to him and that sometimes these kind of hijinks can come off as like charming or exciting mm-hmm. so and I think that it's easy to be susceptible to that when you're in your teens and 20s early 20s especially with yeah. guys there's a um a demonstration of exuberance in the world that can be very appealing because it's a very particularly masculine feeling. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the guy that you're with is like adventurous 
can feel exhilarating for many reasons, even so much as maybe uh, that you think you could, that you feel safe around them because they seem like, well, they're so willing to take risks, then they would risk themselves for me. But clearly we know that's not true because he ran. Mm. <laughs> Basically like push her in front of the hitman while he ran. <laughs> Maybe right. she just wants to freak her parents out by bringing mm. this freak home for the summer. Mm-hmm. Like she <laughs> hates her parents or something. Uh-huh. Her revenge. I'm going to go with that. Uh, the other part of the movie that actually made me laugh out loud. Um, I don't know. There were a couple parts in the beginning where I like actually laughed. And I was like, this is funny. Mm-hmm. There was a, I had a Skeet Ulrich sighting at the pool mm. during the party. Did you see him? Skeet Ulrich from yeah. Spain. I didn't know what his name was though, but I was like, isn't that guy like gonna be big in the nine? He's like a big 90s yeah. guy. He was wearing like one cross earring and he had like a mullet. Skeet. Skeet. And his name is Skeet. <laughs> um, so this movie is rated. 16 plus on Amazon, mm-hmm. which I was like, that seems extreme, doesn't it? But it sounds uh, like for nudity. And- I mean, yeah, but Sarah, there is necrophilia. There's a necrophilia joke in the movie mm-hmm. that yeah, involves necrophilia. 16. It's true. Um, there were times when they were talking about how like shitty Larry's apartment was. <laughs> And they were joking about the cockroaches, which is like a running theme joke about apartments, especially in New York in the 80s. And then Richard's like, it's got wall to wall cockroaches, like instead of wall to wall carpet. <laughs> right. um, and there was something else. But I really thought it was funny when they were trying to make it to the ferry for the weekend. And then Larry's like, the ferry's leaving. We've got to make it. We're going to miss all the good parties tonight. And he's like, come on, we can make it. And he's like running, running, running and pushing everyone out of the way. And they like jump. across. <laughs> they jump from the dock across the water and like hang on to the boat and make like a crash landing on the boat. <laughs> and then they realized the boat was actually pulling into the port. <laughs> Not leaving. That yeah. me up. Yeah, the everyone just staring at them like, why did you guys just rush to get on the boat that was arriving? That was amazing. It was good. They really gave it their all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked whenever um they were at Bernie's party. And there's these torsos and Tony. Oh, yeah. Is that what the shirt said? Torsos and Tony? Torsos by Tony. Oh, torsos by Tony. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the torsos by by Tony guys walk by and they tell Andrew McCarthy, hey, dude, you need to pump some iron. Oh, my God. (laughs) I thought that was really funny because later... When you see one of the the guy in the the torsos by Tony shirt, you see him later, and he's really scrawny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, the blonde one it was scrawny. <laughs> Pump some iron. <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> um, and then 
my favorite just general quote was when Vito, the mob boss, said, I give problems. I don't get problems. I'd like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, that's my favorite. Andrew McCarthy does a great job in this movie. I think so, too. I think he always does. Yeah. Um. So I thought this movie was going to be dumb and that I was going to be like, oh, God, you know, I'm sitting through this movie. I liked it as a kid. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and I actually still think it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I think the whole concept of the movie is funny and I think just the fact that it got made <laughs> is hilarious. It is funny. The fact that there's a sequel oh my is God. also hilarious, even though I have no recollection of it. Yeah. Is Andrew McCarthy in the sequel? Are they, they are all oh my god. It's the original <clears throat> cast. They were all on board okay. for that. Okay. Well, that's kind of <laughs> nice. Yeah. Maybe we could do the sequel for Patreon. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> it was better than I thought it was going to be, though. There were times when I was just like, "Okay, enough of these like corpse <laughs> antics." I had to walk away for a second and just listen, and then that's when I missed things. But corpse in the beginning, antics. I was like, "This is funny. I'm actually enjoying it." And then I kind of like, I'd say like the first half or so, I was like, "All right." Yeah. And after a while, I was like, uh, "Okay." Yeah, I get it. Um, I, they could have shaved eighteen minutes off. Eighteen, yeah, very specific. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm like a yeah. I'm like an asshole uh, backseat movie editor. <laughs> yes, you can do the remake. Um, I just re-edit. Yeah, the director's <laughs> cut, the backseat director's cut. You know okay. what, though? If I was going to do that, I would film it. I would put it on my the movie on the TV, and then I would film it onto my phone, <laughs> and then I would edit it from that. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, okay, I did have, like, just a few bits of trivia that I thought. Yeah, go for it. So one of them is when we were talking about how he says, you know, oh, I, my parents are dead and this is my apartment and that guy in his underwear is my butler. Mm-hmm. The guy playing Richard's dad was actually the movie's director. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> he came out in his underwear. <laughs> um, <laughs> director Ted Kotcheff. Isn't that funny? (laughs) And then since the director was playing that scene, then Andrew McCarthy directed that scene. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. That really cracks me up. Um, It's also funny because in Richard's life, his dad is still in charge of his life because he lives with his dad. mm -hmm. And it's the director of the movie who's in charge of Whoa. Everything in the movie. Yeah. 
So it's like a self-reference. Inception. I feel like there's a lot of self-reference in this movie, which is why I think it's probably why maybe I think it's funnier than maybe a lot of people do. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually think this movie's really hilarious. I think you just, yeah, have to go into it lightly <laughs> and just go with the flow and then you can just laugh at it. Like it's laughing at itself. And when you know that, then it's yeah. better. Exactly. And not only that, but they're literally, okay, so you know whenever people say like, beating a horse a dead horse (laughs) horse, yeah okay well in weekend at bernie's the joke is that it's a dead guy that they're carrying around and acting like he's alive Mm -hmm. and they by the end of the movie they're literally beating a dead bernie which is like a reference to what they're doing to the joke Mm. of the movie Whoa. Which is also hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're right. Layers. Nice. And the ultimate joke, which is that rich guys don't know how to fuck. (laughs) Or party. That's the real joke here. Oh, my God. Bernie sucks so bad at partying. He's got to have all that money or mm-hmm. nobody would want to hang out with him. And that is case in point being that nobody notices that he's a corpse. Yeah. At the party or in bed. Right. Yeah. Love it. That's a message <laughs> and a half. Okay. I have like just a couple other bits mm-hmm. of trivia that are interesting. Um, um originally for a minute they thought about making this a vehicle for Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. <gasps> yeah, but then they decided to go with the older leads for like a different take on it. Yeah. But that would have been good. I also feel like though that would have taken on a really sinister vibe later mm-hmm. considering what happened to them Mm. okay it's good that it didn't happen then or it could have like set them on a different path where they Mm -hmm. didn't dress up like michael jackson or die because they took too many drugs when they sliding doors Mm -hmm. never know what we do know is that Andrew McCarthy was actually reading for the part of Richard, but then when he read the script, he liked Larry better, so they gave him Larry. See, we're not the only ones that don't like Richard. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, I think there's like two more. So speaking of beating a dead Bernie, um, it said that like the stuntman playing Bernie um, received injuries, including... Two or three broken ribs. Most of them occurred while he was being dragged through the water from metallic objects. And it's like, um, yeah, I think I would do it. So that was like a real person. That was a person. Oh my god. <laughs> Why do they use a person? 
Why? I need to watch that scene Would again. You now use that I a know. person. I mean, of all the times to not <laughs> use a real person. Nobody would have noticed. <laughs> cut to cut to that stunt man sleeping with the director's wife. And the director's like spying through the window. And he's like, I know what I'm gonna put you through tomorrow. Yeah. And they actually use the stunt man. They're like, we really need um the stapling the toupee to your head scene to look authentic <laughs> they made that <laughs> man do it <laughs> with real staples <laughs> yeah that was a person getting their ribs broken <laughs> bashed into metallic objects <laughs> so unnecessary wow but incredible it's given me a lot of laughs thank you for sharing that yeah, I think and that's finding it. There are more, but that's the best one to end on. <laughs> I love that you do the trivia. <laughs> There's actually a lot of these. I do have to say one more thing because mm-hmm, the song mm-hmm. to the movie was so annoying to me. Mm-hmm. It was like this generic, like it sounds like it would be playing at like Disney on one of their like tropical themed rides <laughs> or something. It's like so trying to be tropical sounding. <laughs> it's just like some like it hot. Ooh, some like it cold. Oh, oh, some never know. Like same thing you hear through the whole movie. And then I saw that the original title of the film was going to be Hot and Cold. Mm. So I feel like they had already paid for the song. <laughs> they changed their minds and were like, fuck it, we're using the hell out of the song. <laughs> and that's what they did. And we had to listen to it. They, could, they didn't want it to be like, Weekend at Bunnies. <laughs> Where's all the earnings? <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, God. That, like, faux white reggae. Also, just as an aside, hmm. like, Sting's doing a fake Jamaican accent as his singing voice. Jeff Aiken sting. <laughs> According to Holly. Weekend at Bunnies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to know um, if anybody has ever had a lasting relationship with a pathological liar. Oh, yeah. I mean, not me, but. Yes. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> Only on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in undergrad I did. <laughs> but that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, tell us about it at podcast at gmail.com. Good times. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, um, thank you for listening. Please, if you liked it, let us know. You can rate, review, and subscribe if you want. If you don't, that's okay. Um, we do have a Patreon where Holly's always like posting amazing items, working hard for the money. Um, and it's entertaining. I enjoy it. Thank you. You do a great job. Thank you. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, there's stuff on there that you don't hear here and it's all very good. And I don't know. That's it. We have a good time making it. We hope you have a good time listening. We appreciate you listening. And Holly, I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you too, Sarah. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, we'll talk to you guys later. See you next Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. A year has passed since I wrote my note. He does that. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Thank you for listening to cover your eyes. (laughs) Perfect. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. What's going on, everybody? This is Tristan Mack Wilds, one third of Guys Next Door. And if you are hearing my voice, maybe you should be listening to Guys Next Door. If you ever wanted to get into the mindset of the young black millennial man, all of the things that we go through, love, sex, relationships, financials, technology, mental health, and everything that lies in between, this show is for you. Now, I don't know what you guys are doing. I know you guys are probably listening to a really, really nice podcast, but make sure you guys go subscribe right now to Guys Next Door, and we'll see you guys in the neighborhood. Peace. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.